Welcome. This is the first new video we've done in almost 12 months. I moved to the middle of nowhere. We were waiting on Starlink. Now we have Starlink. So tonight we're going to do a really short presentation on what you see here. Belief or knowledge and understanding. And this was actually the result of someone sending my friend a letter that wasn't very complimentary of my work. And they ended the letter with this statement, I don't need to understand, I believe. And they mocked the idea of knowledge and understanding. In fact, basically drew parallels to it being demonic. Well, that's not what the text says. That's not what Yeshua said. So let's take a look at what the text says tonight as we explore this. Belief or knowledge and understanding? Do we believe in these religious ideas that have been passed to us from our parents and their parents, and we can go back many generations, and the church and institutions and so on? Or should we be people that seek out information, knowledge, and understanding, particularly in the biblical text. So let's expand this and let's take a look. And what we're going to do here is just run through a whole bunch of text from the Bible. We're going to focus on two parts here, knowledge and understanding, and then we're going to look at the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, when you start talking about mysteries of the kingdom, there are some that are going to say, oh, gnosis, Gnosticism. Uh, <laughs> let's see what the text says. Specifically, let's see what our Lord Yeshua had to say about the mysteries of the kingdom. That's going to be interesting. So stick around for that. We're not going to be here that long. We're just going to run through some of these and, uh, and say goodnight. We're going to start off with Solomon. Now, Solomon is considered probably the wisest man who ever lived. And we have the book of Proverbs, which was written by Solomon. And so let's start there and start churning through some of the things that Solomon had to say. He had a lot to say about knowledge and understanding. Let's start off Proverbs 1.5. I'm not going to read all the references out as we go through because you can see they're all there for you. Let's start here. Oh, well, for the, for the sake of those on the podcast, <laughs> I will read out the references. So let's start. We're in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.22 says, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? That's Proverbs 1.22. Let's go to Proverbs 1.28 and 29, where Solomon said, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 2, verse 6, you can see we're only up to chapter 2, but there's a lot of these. He talked a lot about this stuff. So Proverbs 2, verse 6, 
For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs chapter 2, 10 through 11 says, For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. These are powerful, powerful instructions that the wisest man that has ever lived has given to us, and these are all in the biblical text, of course. So, belief or knowledge and understanding? Solomon is adequately answering the question for us, but there's a lot to go through here, so we'll keep going. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10 says, Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. Proverbs 12, verse 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs 15, verse 14, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. Proverbs 18, verse 15 says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Proverbs 25, 2, this is one of my favorite verses in the entirety of the biblical text. I've read it out many times in my videos. It's so appropriate to the, the work that I'm doing. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. It is the glory of kings to seek them out. Again, this is by Solomon. Now let's turn to Ecclesiastes. This is also by Solomon. Most scholars uh, say that this is Solomon, where he says, For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Well, I mean, we could end the video right now. I think we've proved our case. Belief or knowledge and understanding? Should we shy away from trying to learn everything we possibly can from seeking, pursuing knowledge and understanding? No, according to Solomon, these are more precious than choice gold. These are the most important things we should be seeking, knowledge and understanding. Let's go to the New Testament and listen to what Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, where he said, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. Pretty interesting stuff. So that ends our little section on knowledge and understanding. There's a lot more in the text about this stuff, but... We don't, you know, I think we've already proven our case. But now, what about this? What about the mysteries of the kingdom? Because this is where some Christians will really get quite uh, almost upset. What are you talking about? Mysteries of the kingdom? There are no mysteries of the kingdom. <laughs> uh, well, you need to take that up with Yeshua, because we'll get to him in a second and what he has to say. But first, let's take a, a look at a few other things from the text. Let's look at what Daniel had to say. So here is Daniel, and this is in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. 
And this is talking about the end times, right before the return of our Messiah. And it kind of looks like we might be in that period right about now, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? So this is what it says. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake. These to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Knowledge will increase. And some Christians in, in you know, my life in ministry have really kind of taken this text here, verse 4, Daniel 12, verse 4, uh, as an actual example of why we should not be pursuing knowledge, why it's bad and evil. But you can see here what he says, those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. That's a compliment. That's an extremely high compliment. Uh, and we see that he was, Daniel was instructed to conceal things, just like John was in the Lord's revelation to John. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So we are at a time where knowledge is increasing, and the work that I'm doing and trying to research and discover and share the things that I'm finding uh, seems to fit in with that. Let's go back to Solomon. I think I just have a repeat of <laughs> Proverbs 25 too, because I think this is so important. Solomon said, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to seek them out. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. The text is encouraging us to become people of knowledge and understanding and wisdom. All my life, as I've walked, as I've sat and talked to the Father, I've asked for three things over and over again. And it's just been the last few years where I've added a fourth thing because I, I recognized I needed it. And those three things are wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And what did I add over the last few years? Love. Love. And Paul was right when he said, you can know all mysteries, but if you don't have love, then you're just a clanging symbol. And I don't want to be a clanging symbol, just a noisemaker. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, love. Very important for all of us. And here's what Paul said. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. 
However, their minds became closed. In fact, to this day, the same veil is still there when they read the Old Testament, the Tanakh. It isn't removed because only Christ, I don't like, I prefer to put Yeshua's name in there, because only Yeshua can remove it. Yet, even today, when they read the books of Moses, a veil covers their minds. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And then he says in the next chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, So, if the good news, the gospel, that we tell others is covered with a veil, it is hidden from those who are dying, those that are under the law. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe in Yeshua and the gospel. As a result, they don't see the light of the good news about Christ's glory. It is Christ who is God's image. Now, the reason I share this verse is what Paul is saying here is that some people have a veil and they can't help it, especially when they're focusing, when they're reading on Torah, on the books of Moses. Paul says this. It's just right here. So we need to be really careful. Some people have a really hard time with, with accepting the identification of Yahweh. A lot of people, almost every Christian, thinks that Yahweh is either the Father or the Son. And of course, the reason the church is divided on who Yahweh is, is Yahweh the Father, is he the Son? Well, it depends what church you grew up in. The majority of the church, probably around 60, maybe 70% of the church says that Yahweh is the Father. Okay, but the Bible doesn't say that anywhere. And then about 30 to 40% of the church says that, no, he's actually Yeshua. And of course, those that like to say he's Yeshua say, well, that was in his spirit form before he became a person of flesh and blood. But of course, you could watch my teaching on Yahweh, the physical God, and we go through the text where there are, I mean, countless occasions where it's crystal clear that Yahweh was a physical person, not a spiritual person. Of course, he has a spirit. And the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of Yahweh, can certainly uh, influence people. We all have a spirit. We need to be careful when we read the books of Moses and get this idea that Yahweh the God of this world, according to the entirety of Torah, isn't putting a veil over our eyes. It's important that we seek knowledge and understanding of the biblical text. I hope I encourage you to do that. Of course, you can see along the ticker here when it moves along. I have a link here. Here it is. Download the audio Bible for free at godsipod.com. Uh, clever little domain name. Head over there. Uh, download a podcast app 
and you can download the entire Bible, the God's Word translation, for free. And I really encourage you to uh, learn to listen at a faster and faster speed, because what's more important is not going slow and listening to every word, but to go fast multiple, multiple times so you can start to get a broad overview. You can go back and use a book, which is much better, for studying a verse or something here and there. Audio really isn't conducive for that. You want to use audio for getting this big picture perspective of what's going on. So speed it up and zoom through it as fast as your, your brain can handle and go through it five times a year at least and really let it sink in. There's something going on in the biblical text that the Christian church hasn't told us about. Now, we left the best to last. Let's take a look at Yeshua. What did Yeshua have to say about the mysteries of the kingdom? I am so glad you asked. Because he was extremely plain in his words on this topic. Let's begin. Now, we're reading here uh, from Matthew 13, 11 through 15. The disciples asked him, why do you use stories as illustrations when you speak to people? Good question. Why would they ask this question? Because the way that he was speaking to them was markedly different to the way that he was addressing the crowds. And so they're like, wait, why do you use stories as illustrations when you speak to the outsiders, those that are not in our little group here? Yeshua answered, knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but it has not been given to the crowd. Huh. Those who understand these mysteries will be given more knowledge and they will excel in understanding them. However, some people don't understand these mysteries. Even what they understand will be taken away from them. Wow. This is why I speak to them this way. They see, but they're blind. They hear, but they don't listen. They don't even try to understand. So, they make Isaiah's prophecy come true when he said, You will hear clearly, but never understand. You will see clearly, but never comprehend. These people have become closed-minded and hard of hearing. They have shut their eyes so that their eyes never see. Their ears never hear. Their minds never understand. And they never return to me for healing, to be made whole, so that they can see these things and understand these things. That's Matthew 13, 11 through 15. Then in just a little bit further along, a few verses along in Matthew 13, verse 19, he says, Someone hears the word about the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. 
the evil one comes at once and snatches away what was planted in him. This is what the seed planted along the road illustrates. And then, I mean, one of my top three most favorite, maybe my most favorite, I used to own the domain name, Matthew 633. Um, it's just meant so much for me. Where Yeshua said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Lord is telling us that the people that desire to seek and to understand the mysteries of the kingdom will be given knowledge. And he spelled it out really plainly. And he said that the people that aren't interested in doing that are deaf and blind. So you can't really get any better than hearing this right from Yeshua's own lips. Let's read through this again. I think this is so important for people that have struggled in fellowships where they've been told, you don't ask questions. Oh no, you don't be curious. You just believe. You just have faith. Well, we certainly should put our faith and our hope and our trust in Yeshua and his Father. But we also should follow what Yeshua says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's read again from Matthew 13, 11 through 15. The disciples asked him, why do you use stories as illustrations when you speak to people? Yeshua answered, knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but it has not been given to the crowd. Those who understand these mysteries will be given more knowledge and they will excel in understanding them. However, some people don't understand these mysteries. Even what they understand will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to them this way. They see, but they're blind. They hear, but they don't listen. They don't even try to understand. We need to be people that dig into the text to learn the text that's knowledge to memorize as much of the broader picture of the text as we possibly can so that our context increases and we start to see the big picture really really important and as we do expand our knowledge our understanding will expand and we will start to unpack some of these mysteries of the kingdom that the christian church just does not talk about so hopefully this has been informative for you tonight. Hope you've had a really good time watching it. There's going to be a lot more to come. I'm really excited to get back into making lots and lots of videos. We don't want to make them terribly long anymore. There will be some very long ones coming. <laughs> but the majority are going to be around, what, what are we at, 23 and a half minutes now? That's a good time, right? And remember, you can double speed these videos and, you know, I invested in a high quality microphone. So you should, you should be able to listen to this at double speed. All right. You have a wonderful, wonderful night. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care. Bye-bye.